What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Kieran Lenahan. Kieran is the owner of Lenahan Coaching, where he helps Christian business owners grow their business, spend more time with their family, and grow closer to God. Kieran is also a husband, proud foster and biological dad, and follower of Jesus. He wrote a children's book titled Daddy Loves You, and he's a strategic advisor at a faith-based tech startup called UWIT. A New Jersey native, Kieran enjoys spending time with his wife and family, competing in team sports, and doing anything involving being outside in the sun. And Kieran is an awesome guy. I actually found out about Kieran. He was on a podcast of a friend of mine and uh, started listening to his podcast, and he's awesome. So you guys are really going to love this. It's going to be a ton of value. Kieran, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on. How are you doing? Ryan, thanks so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Doing really well and excited to jump in. Awesome. I would love if you could start out by telling us just a little bit more about your backstory. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll, I'll give a little bit of uh, entrepreneurial backstory and then a bit of the faith in there as well. So I grew up, uh, like you said, I grew up in New Jersey, born and raised. Uh, my mom is from the Philippines. My dad's from a small town in New Jersey where his grandfather grew up and where his grandfather grew up. And so um, it's been a, a fun journey going from small town in New Jersey to college down in North Carolina, studied abroad in Peru while I was there. And then when I graduated from college, kind of actually ended up moving back to New Jersey where I married my uh, then girlfriend and fiance. Uh, we had started dating at the very end of senior year of high school and then went off to separate colleges. Uh, so that made a whole lot of sense to do, but we ended up doing long distance throughout college and then getting married shortly after graduating. Uh, and so my entrepreneurial journey started pretty young. I was the kind of kid who would always be like excited when it would snow outside so I could go around town and shovel people's driveways and sidewalks and mow people's lawns and do all of that kind of stuff. I didn't actually realize and think about it as entrepreneurship. I Nobody really in my family was a business owner or somebody who I had kind of been close to that had been running their own business. I was just trying to be able to pay for my basketball shoes and the things that I wanted to do and go out to eat with my friends. So uh, did a lot of that. I also would sell candy to my classmates at school. So I'd buy Costco bulk airheads and then mark up the prices and sell it to my, my classmates. So that entrepreneurial piece has always been in me, um, but I feel like it went dormant until I got to about junior year of college. Uh, and so I ended up studying psychology, but specifically organizational psychology. And I kind of by accident discovered that that was a thing, remembered that I actually really have an interest in businesses and the combination of how businesses run and then how people behave within the context of a family, a community, an organization. And so from that experience, learning a lot about leadership, uh, decided instead of going to grad school, I should get a job and start paying off my student loans. And so ended up in a management position pretty young at 
an industrial supply company that nobody's ever heard of and just got a bunch of really good business experience there. It was a really well-run company. And I, I really learned what it takes to run a smooth, well-oiled machine. And so a handful of years into that uh, is when I actually became a Christian and a follower of Jesus. I grew up Catholic, uh, but my, I never really had a faith of my own. I never, other than believing that God existed, I didn't really understand what it was all about. To me, it just seemed like a bunch of rules that you needed to follow and that it all boiled down to just try to be a good person and then you're good. And so, you know, in that experience of, of finding and hearing the gospel for what I felt like was the first time hearing it clearly presented to me, um, that started to change everything in my work experience. And I started looking at everything through the lens of, well, how does my faith affect this? And so that was a really cool journey. It's been a, a huge growth process uh, since I started following Jesus. And, you know, that's a, a whole other conversation. But getting back to the story, when I was working at that company for about five years, I really started to question, why am I here and what am I doing? And asking God, like, what is the reason that you have me on this earth? Like, what's my purpose? What do you want me to do with my career? And through a very long process of struggling with that question and basically crying out to God, like, please give me an answer because I'm really not enjoying what I'm doing right now. Uh, he brought me to back to entrepreneurship and specifically coaching. And so from there, went to a coaching school, learned the skill set, and then uh, launched my own business. And so that's kind of what's brought me to where I am today and just learning to listen to God sooner rather than later, because uh, there have been plenty of examples over the past five to, to seven years where he told me something. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but I'm probably going to still do it my way, uh, only to realize that I should have listened to him in the first place. So that's a bit of the, the backstory and how I got into to what I'm doing now. That's awesome. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that, listening to God sooner rather than later. Well, as you mentioned, you're a coach. I would love to know, you know, through your experience and in your opinion, why do you think most entrepreneurs fail? Yeah, you know, this is this is such a good question. And I think to a certain extent that the type of business would be uh, kind of a, an important piece of this. But in general, I work with mainly small business owners. I do work with some startup founders. But in general, I think the biggest thing that prevents people from succeeding in business has to do with their ability to actually step into what it actually means to be an entrepreneur. I think many people start businesses, but don't understand what it means to be an entrepreneur. And so what I mean by that is you can be really good at a job and want to start a business using that same skill set that you have from that job, but running a business using that skill set versus using that skill set within an existing business, those are two different things. And so there's a, there's a whole other skill set that's required to be an entrepreneur. And a lot of that has to do with your mindset, how you're wired to, or not necessarily wired because you can certainly learn these things, but how you react to obstacles and challenges and failures and the way that you think about your experiences and whether or not you learn from them or whether or not they become really discouraging and a huge setback for you. So for me, the, the reason I'd say most people that I've seen who have not succeeded in business, it had more to do with 
the mindset that they were approaching the business from, um, as opposed to any, like, maybe they just didn't know enough or, uh, they didn't have the right strategy. Like I, I tend to see those things are more surface level. I think the deeper thing that's typically there and that's the reason is because of their habitual thought patterns and the way that they're thinking about running the business. Those are some really great insights. And I 100% agree. I think the mindset is so important because you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, kind of like a roller coaster when you're an entrepreneur. I would love to know how has coaching and mentorship played a role in your success? Yeah. So I think, I think anytime you ask this question, you'll, you'll hear people talk about how impactful it is. And this is one of those things, like it was one of the pieces of advice that I always heard growing up that you should always have people who are mentoring you and investing in you. Um, But until you actually apply it, it's just this intellectual knowing it's like, Oh yeah, I know that's a good idea. Having a coach and having mentors in my life has been the single most impactful thing to my business and also my growth as a person and my growth in my faith, like without, without spiritual mentors, without business mentors and without a working with a coach, my quality of life, to be honest on the whole was significantly worse. Um, So there was a period of time about three to four years ago where I didn't have a coach. I didn't have true mentors in my life and I was just really missing those kinds of relationships. And it showed because I, I struggled in my business. I struggled uh, for a period in my faith and just feeling very distant from God. And then that bled into other areas of my life. And so for me, it's made all the difference in growing my business. Um, I'm never going to not be working with a coach for the rest of my life because of the power of it. It's just, it, it's so powerful. And in terms of mentors, I never want to not have a spiritual mentor. I never want to not have a mentor in business because there's always benefits from outside perspectives. And when you can have relationships with people who are not afraid to call you out, to speak truth into your life, even if you don't want to hear it, um, nobody else is going to do that. So having that is, is just so, so important. Uh, And so, you know, for people who are listening, maybe you, you don't have a mentor for a specific area of your life, or maybe you don't have a coach. I just want to encourage you to, to try it, find the right person for you and whichever one you feel like is, is the right fit because you're never going to want to go back. Yeah, I totally agree with everything that you said. Just, it took me back to before I had a coach too. I remember back in 2014, hiring my first coach, I was shocked because I thought I was hiring him to help me with my business. And it turned out he helped me with everything in my life. Everything changed, transformed. You've talked about your faith and how important that is to you. We mentioned your family in the bio. So how do you balance your faith and your family with being a business owner? Yeah. So I I love this question uh, because a lot of people ask it. And a lot of people I think have assumptions about what life as a business owner has to look like. Um, I think a lot of people assume that if you run a business that you have to just sacrifice time and you have to sacrifice uh, time with your family and time with, with God and doing the things that are important to you related to your faith. And I've had the privilege of 
kind of coming into entrepreneurship already knowing or at least challenging those assumptions. And so when I started my business, I basically gave myself the constraints of no matter what, like you will not work more than this many hours in a week. And no matter what, you will always prioritize doing your quiet time with God in the mornings and everything else, the rest of your time, like you can use that for the business and figure out a way within those time periods and within that number of hours to make the business successful. And so for me, I kind of took a zero up or a ground up approach and said, okay, the thing that's most important to me, spending time with God, the thing that's next most important to me, spending time with my family. I basically theoretically plugged those into my, my schedule and my calendar first. And then I said, okay, well, what's left and how can I maximize how I use that time to, to grow the business? And so that's how it's been from the very beginning. Um, I think it's a lot harder to do it retroactively and to go from working a lot of hours and, and to trim it down. Uh, but that's actually a lot of the stuff that I end up helping my clients with. And sometimes, sometimes people just need to know that it, it's an option for them, that it's available to them, that they can truly prioritize those things that are most important to them. That's a great answer. And yeah, for me, it was, it was definitely the opposite <laughs> coming into entrepreneurship was, uh, you know, when you're a business owner, it, part of the, the issue is you can work 24 seven if you want to. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely an issue for me. And I agree going back and, and trying to cut the hours down once you're already so in it is much more difficult. At least I would imagine much more difficult than the way that you just came into it already having that set up. That's awesome. All right. So what are some practical things that people can do to maximize their potential and, you know, not just in business, but maybe just in all areas of their life? It's hmm. a great question. Uh, the first one is maybe obvious. You should work with, work with a coach uh, or have some, some person who is not you and who is not your spouse be a, an accountability partner, be somebody to push you and challenge you and to help you see your blind spots or the areas of your life where you can be showing up better. Um, and it's not from a place of like, you have to be better and you have to uh, always be growing. Although I think as, as people, we want to be growing and as people uh, who follow God, God wants to refine us and grow us over time. But I think having somebody else besides you that's helping you grow is a much uh, more practical way to actually go about growing as a person. So that would be the kind of the easy answer. Obviously, as a coach, you'd probably expect me to say that. But um, in terms of other practical things, I think one thing that I've become really passionate about uh, within the past couple of years is actually reducing the amount of information that I take in. So I call it my information diet. So I was the kind of person who was constantly reading articles, listening to podcasts, reading books, learning, taking courses, like all of those things. I was just obsessed with just trying to take in as much information as possible. And I assumed that if I'm constantly learning, then I'm constantly growing at that same rate to a certain extent, like, yes, you are kind of learning things, but the thing that I've I have found to be so much more practical and so much more effective is to limit and reduce the number of things and the amount of information that I'm taking in to constrain it to the things that are most important to me. 
And then to really focus on taking that intellectual knowledge and applying it practically to my life. And so one of like probably the best example of this recently or within the past couple of years for me is reading books. So last year was the first year that I decided I'm only reading four books. That's it. I'm not reading. I'm not going to try to read 30 books like I tried to do in the past. I'm just going to pick four. I'm going to read them multiple times and really take my time going throughout them. And I'm going to apply them to my life before I move on to the next book. And so, you know, a couple of uh, like one of the books that really helped with this actually is uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Super, super incredible book. And I th- think you're going to ask me about books later, so I won't go too much into it. But for me, limiting information intake and focusing more on applying it, that has led to helping me maximize my potential. That's really solid advice. I definitely used to be the guy also who is just learn, 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 and you're much better off. You're right. Just limiting the learning a little bit and just applying, 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 but it it can be fun and addictive. Sometimes you just, Oh, learn the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit more passive. Like it's honestly, it's easier to just listen to another podcast or to read another book. It's easier to do that than it is to take the time and ask myself, okay, how does this apply to what I'm going through right now? What does that look like? It takes, you know, it takes effort and it takes work, but you know, especially today there, like we have unlimited information, right? So there is no limit to what we can learn. And so it becomes tempting to want to learn everything, but I have forced myself to say, okay, I can't learn everything. I'm not supposed to learn everything. What are the most important things that are relevant for me right now? And let me focus on learning those things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super tempting. It's, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it's worth it. Yeah. And just another reason why it's so important to have a coach or mentor or at least accountability partner, because they're going to help hold you accountable to actually applying those things because so many times people know what to do. They're just not doing it. So I would love to know what are some of your best habits? Yeah. So the, it, what's in play here? Is it life, business, all of the above? You can go any direction you want, all of the above. Cool. Okay. So the information intake one, that's a, I would consider that a habit, but I'm glad. So I talked about that already. Um, some of my favorite ones. So some of the obvious ones, exercise, super important to me, having that quiet time with God in the morning, those two things happen every day before I start work. And so those two things set the tone for my day physically and mentally and spiritually. And for me, that's, that just leads me to having the best days and and the most effective uh, and fruitful days. The other habit that I actually really have enjoyed, uh, we started doing this as a family last year, which is implementing Sabbath, uh, basically a day where we largely unplug from, from technology. I typically will keep my phone in another room. I don't check it. Uh, we don't watch TV. We don't do anything involving digital anything. We just try to be present with each other. Um, and we have two young kids, so that's super important to us. But in general, it's just a day where like no work, no email, no checking social media. And it's just the kind of a reset day each week and just fills up our cups to get ready for the next week. So um, Sabbath is, is probably one of my favorite habits that I've ever had in my life. That's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned that 
Brittany and I were literally just talking about a week ago with some friends of ours that that just started implementing that as well. And I was just watching a video, a YouTube video like a week ago on Orthodox Jews and, and how they implement that as well. Mm. That's cool. Something definitely that I'm working towards, we'll say. <laughs> um, I, I would love to know, would you mind sharing some of your best like productivity habits? How do you get stuff done during the day? For people who know me or have been around me, for any length of time, I try to keep things as simple as possible. Always. Um, like the, I only wear a couple, I'm not Steve jobs, um, in terms of only wearing the same outfit every day, but I keep, I keep the number of outfits that I wear pretty limited. I just, I try to reduce as many decision points as possible for me in terms of productivity. I basically use one tactic. You could call it a time management tactic. You could call it a priority management. It's, the metaphor, if, I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, but it's called rocks, pebbles, and sand. Uh, basically, long story short, if you take two mason jars and you put the rocks in first, then the pebbles, and then the sand, you can actually fit everything into the mason jar, which represents the time that you have. If, on the other hand, you put the sand in first, then the pebbles, and then the rocks, you can't actually fit all the rocks. And so the rocks signify the biggest, most important things of your day. And so for me, a practice that I do every single week and every single day is I have a notepad and I write down, what are my rocks for the day? Typically it's two to three things that if I get nothing else done, except for those two or three things, I will have felt like the day was a success. And so again, I try to keep that as simple as possible. What that leads me to is when I get to my desk in the morning, I don't jump into email or social media or anything like that because I know, I know myself that gets me into reaction mode, responding to emails, replying to comments, scrolling on social media, like things that I don't really want to be doing that aren't that important to me. And so defining what my rocks are for each week and for each day helps me to, to, to focus on those things over focusing on the little things, the urgent things that pop up. Uh, so for me, that's, that's like my go-to you know, productivity hack, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I love the rocks, pebbles, and sand metaphor. I was actually going to bring that up earlier based on something that you said. And I ask a similar question as well. I, I worded a little bit different, you know, what are my top three outcomes for the day? But I think that is really yeah. valuable for sure. So you mentioned the book Atomic Habits earlier. I would love to know what are three of your favorite or maybe most impactful books and why? And it could be on any topic. Yeah. So the number, number one right now for me, and I'm, this might be my number one book for a while, unless somebody recommends a better one. Uh, the book's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's written by John Mark Comer, who's a pastor out in Portland, Oregon, I believe. And this book, I read it at a time when I was constantly in a hurry. And so, uh, the book has nothing to do with entrepreneurship and it has everything to do with entrepreneurship because I think we are the people who are most likely to be in a hurry. Um, but I think in general, it's, it's widely applicable to people. The book is about the practices of Jesus. So we talk about following Jesus. We talk about what does it look like to live out our faith? This book gets into very specific practices and habits about basically copying the lifestyle of Jesus, the things that he actually did, not even just the things he taught, the way that he went about living his life. 
because he was never in a hurry. So that is my, my number one book, number one recommended and has had as of late the, the most impact on my life. The other two, um, so Atomic Habits, I mentioned earlier, that that's definitely in my top three. It's just the most practical book I've ever read, especially, again, when you take the time to apply it, because habits affect every area of your life. And if you can understand habits and how to form them and break them, you have a leg up and you're able to kind of set yourself up for success in a bunch of different ways. The third book, I'll throw this in there, uh, the four hour work week, which is an interesting one. The main reason I would say it's a favorite book of mine is because of just how far outside of the norm it opens up your mind to. And so for me, it challenges kind of the status quo, the blueprint that we're all kind of grown, that we all grow up in, or at least that I grew up in. And for me, this book just opened my mind up to the fact that, oh, there's a whole other way outside of just working a nine to five job. Entrepreneurship is kind of wide open and you can make it what you want it to be. And so for me, that's been just eye-opening and has allowed me to challenge some assumptions that I had had previously and that I had kind of just taken on from other people. Those are some really solid selections for sure. And I'm going to have to go check out The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I had not heard of that book previously. It sounds fantastic though. All right. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. I just thought of this. So I know in the bio, <laughs> you know, mentioned that you're a foster dad and that's definitely important for you. So Brittany and I actually have friends in our small group who are also foster parents and they just started a foster care ministry at our church. So I would love mm -hmm. to know what's it like being a foster dad, first of all, and also why is that important to you? <laughs> yeah, big, big question. So what is it like to be a foster dad? And so the thing with foster care is it's every case is a little bit different. The common threads in all of the cases is that if the child is in foster care and you are a foster parent, there is brokenness automatically, right? That's the reason why they're in the foster care system. There's brokenness in their biological family. There's, there's some brokenness. And so to be a foster parent is, it, it feels like you kind of step into something that you know is going to be a mess and you just kind of get over the fact that it's going to be a mess and you accept, accept it and expect it. Um, it's definitely a roller coaster. So I, so we actually have a one and a half year old. He's been with us since he was three and a half weeks old. So, I mean, that is a different experience than taking in a 13 year old. And so this is, he's actually our first foster son. So we're, we're early on in our journey, but there are a lot of ups and downs, emotional roller coasters. Uh, it's kind of a, an emotional tug of war because we love him and want to be, his parents and give him the best life that he can have. But at the same time, if we root for that, that basically means we're rooting for his biological parents to not get better, to not recover from the things that are going on in their life. And so um, it's, it's not easy, uh, but it is rewarding. And it is, I think something that God can use. If you feel called to it, God can use it to really, 
work on your heart and teach you how to love people who maybe don't deserve it or have maybe never experienced um, true love in their life. So yeah, that's a little bit of, about what it's like. There's a, a many different ways to go with that and everybody's experience will be slightly different, but that's been our experience so far. Um, and then why is it important? Honestly, both my wife and I, we've, we've always had a heart for, for kids and especially kids who are in situations that have nothing to do with anything that they did. Uh, they were just dealt these cards. And so that's part of what led us into it. We had some close friends who became foster parents. And so we got to walk the journey with them and gain some more insight into it. And so it's, it's important because the kids need, they need to be loved. They need a support system. They need stability to be able to learn how to trust. Because uh, if they don't get that at this young age, it's setting them up for a life of a lot of hardship. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, I'm definitely not an expert on it. I've, I've been learning a, a lot more recently. As I said, we have friends that are foster parents, but I think a lot of people don't know very much about it. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always happy. Like I always encourage people if you're even at all, just curious, not if you're interested in becoming, but if you're just curious and have questions, I love to talk to people about it. Um, I think the more people are aware of it and what it's like, the better off we'll be. So if anybody can feel free to reach out and ask questions, I'm an open book. That's really cool. Very generous of you. All right. So last question, Kieran, what is your definition of an extraordinary man? Yeah, this is so interesting because I would love to like plot on a chart, how I would have answered this question two years ago and four years ago and even beyond that. Uh, Cause I think it's, it's changed and has grown right now. The way I would define it is a man who seeks and models intimacy with God to the people around him. So by that, I mean, somebody who is deeply committed to building a relationship with God as the foundation of his life. Um, and that will overflow into his business that will overflow into his family and all of his relationships. And so to me, that that's like the core definition. And then that kind of flows out into every other area of life, but somebody who models and seeks intimacy with God. Simple answer, but it's a fantastic one. I love it. All right. Well, this has been amazing and you have added a ton of value. So where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. So the two best ways to connect with me are on Instagram. So I, that's my most active platform and, and love just connecting with people there. Uh, so you can follow me at Kieran Lenahan Coaching you'll see probably some cute pictures of my kids and then some pretty bad dad jokes from time to time. But then the rest of it is, is geared to be helpful for business owners and specifically Christian business owners. Uh, the other place to connect with me is just at my website, lenahancoaching.com. Uh, you'll find a bunch of information about me, who I am, and you'll also see some links if you wanted to set up time to talk with me. Awesome. Well, if you have connected with anything that Kieran has said, definitely go check his stuff out. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kieran, for taking the time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me, Ryan. This has been a blast and I'm looking forward to staying connected. 
Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man Podcast. Do you want a free one-on-one business accelerator coaching call with me personally? Go to aoemen.simplecast.com and click on the free coaching tab at the top. I've specifically set aside five spots for listeners of this episode, and they're available on a first-come, first-served basis. Again, to take advantage of this exclusive and limited time offer, go to aoemen.simplecast.com now. Until next time, remember to go out there and become the man you were created to be. I'll see you on the next episode.